Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Afrotech 2019, Oakland, California. I'm talking with Mandela S.H. Dixon in the Afrotech Lounge, and I asked about the things that should be on any founder's mind when they attend a tech conference like Afrotech. What should they be prepared with? What should they have? Who will they meet? And what should they expect to get out of the experience? I think the thing to understand is that when you're at events like Afrotech, and I love Afrotech, you know that, I come every year, is that you never know who you're going to meet. And who you could meet is not only a potential funder, like an investor, but you can meet a potential advisor, a mentor, a co-founder, an early employee, that key employee you're missing on your team. Even a customer, a client, a partner, I mean, everybody is here. So you have to make sure you have not just one elevator pitch, but you need to have a tailored elevator pitch depending on who you're talking to so you can switch it up. So like I meet you, you may be a potential customer, so I'm not giving you my same elevator pitch as I would an investor. So you have to be able to think on your toes, but actually I'm not, I don't want you to think on your toes. I want you to come prepared. Come prepared, practice in advance. When you think about early stage startups and them trying to get investors and pitch their stuff, what are the things that they do that make you want to scream like, stop doing that? When they're pitching, oh, uh, you just want one thing or? <laughs> so the, the things that they definitely just need to stop doing is stop coming into the conversation with an investor feeling entitled that they owe you something, that um, that it's their job to invest in your dreams and to make it all possible. It's not, it's your job, the founder, to make your dreams possible. They are just an ally, a team.
teammate, a resource along the way to help you get there faster and go farther. But I would say that's probably the number one thing is just check your attitude at the door and understand that you are trying to form a partnership, a relationship, a marriage with this person. And so you need to come into it with the right attitude and the right energy. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Ainde Alakoye is founder and CEO of Needle, the AI-powered search engine and distribution platform for live audio broadcast. He's also a former Barack Obama speechwriter. Hmm. In the age of Twitter spaces and Clubhouse, what is the unique value proposition that could be offered by Black-owned and operated live audio spaces? With all the Silicon Valley darlings in the room, where can we win? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where since we've been in, in the space since 2017 with Needle, uh, as in the Haystack, um, you know, when I started to hear those conversations on Clubhouse, I just, I, I just had to like stop listening to Clubhouse because it was just too much. Like, imagine having a solution that's cured the the need for Black people to own a product in this space and not being able to to tell as many people as possible about it. So, I just had to stop listening. So, what do you, what do you say to like? So, let's die, let's solve the world's problems first before we get into what you what you're actually uh, doing here with Needle. This is a product that is founded by Black people to give. Black voices, a platform to um, perpetuate, to ripple across, you know, um, all all sorts of disc, all, all sorts of uh, channels and s- spheres. And so, I wonder first, how, where do you think the unique value proposition is for us in this space with products that are created by us to give a stronger platform for our narrative? What's the unique yeah. value? Thanks, and I, I think the voice is is the unique value proposition. I mean, there's there's a ton of differentiators, but uh, when you talk about the the voice, um, so my background, I, I created the first iHeartRadio app. I've been in this space, an audio space, for over 15 years now, since 2003. I don't know what the math is on that, and um, and we see all the time African Americans are asked to use or presented with products that are built by other people all the time. And we use those products. We adapt ourselves to use those products. But African-Americans are really in a unique position where because of the history of this country, we've always had to learn and know our culture, but also learn and know the majority culture. So if anyone can create a product for everyone, it's us, right? And so that's what we've done. We've actually created a product for everyone that uniquely speaks to our needs as black people to have access to the mic for the first time, really in an unfettered way. And also totally serves the broader audience in in every way as well. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking of when I hear you talk and other recent conversations I've had, there's this stat, is plus or minus, but by the year 2040 is when Black people are no longer a minority in the yeah. United States, and we become part of the majority. And folks who are historically, you know, well, I shouldn't say, in the last several hundred years, <laughs> uh, the majority population here are then minority. And I wonder 
how do we take advantage of that now? Because, you know, the way I put it is, you know, we had numbers on a plantation. Like we were over in, we were the largest, you know, um, culture on the plantation, but we didn't have the power, right? So we were not the ones in power. So quantity does not give us that that influence and power that we so uh, rightfully deserve, number one, but are working towards. And I wonder, using our voice, what is so important about what we have to say that apps like Clubhouse, that apps like Needle, that app, like whatever Twitter is trying to do and Facebook's trying to do with live voice, um, what does that then allow us to be able to do, um, to move things in the directions that we want them to move? Okay, well, um, just picking up from what you said, which was brilliant about the plantation and, and our culture being majority there, but um, but not being in ownership, right? And, and sure, there was uh, an occasional um, brother or sister that was brought up to the big house every now and then, but they didn't own the big house, right? So that sounds very familiar to another situation with another app right now. Now, um, I, I think I think what's what's interesting- Oh, in that was we, bars right there. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't name anybody, but I, but I, but I think- I think That was strong, man. Was, you said it, not me. So what I think is important though is, is that we, again, we create things not like, you know, one of the things that uh, you hear on Twitter a lot is, and, and when you hear this discussion about African-Americans um, and our power, you know, if we were going to do something negative or use violence, like that, that would have already been done. We're, we're not in that space where we're trying to take something from someone else to, 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 to sit at the table. We just want to add a new part to the table and bring our own shares. And, and that's, and, and so when we build products and we build solutions, we're building solutions with those, that kind of mindset in mind. And that's what we've done here where we said, look, you know, media ownership is owned by five companies today, right? And so if you really want to be, um, to be heard and to speak, you can't be heard or, or, or speak without some curation like tamping you down, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to build was something that was uncurated. We, don't, we wanted to build something where discovery was the, the primary driver um, on, on the platform. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so being that you are a former speechwriter, you know, for probably the most eloquent, you know, politician, public servant that we've ever had, um, I understand that you know words matter, right? And on your site, on on Needle, you talk about, you know, broadcasting and like you use that word very specifically. And I wonder, talk up, this is an opportunity, like talk to me about like the differentiator between this and what other folks may be trying to do. I think that um, that our framework around broadcasting, uh, around something that people know, is actually something that is, uh, that is an evergreen platform. Right now, we're seeing because of COVID, so many people have different work schedules, and so many people are able to just you'll even listen to lunch table right now um, during the day because you, you you have so much more flexibility. But there will be a time in the near future where people are going, getting back in traffic because of the vaccine and, and, um, and they're gonna be listening to radio again. And we see this solution about giving everyone their own microphone um, as a way that allows us to, to not sort of be just kind of a, a trend or a fad. We know that um, people will use our product and they already do um, for drop-in conversation, uh, just like on Clubhouse. But we also see that there's just sort of infinite space for people like Fat Joe and Roxy Diaz who are on our platform to just broadcast and take callers. Callers. So, so it's not like, you know, just a bunch of people are listening, you know, to me having a conversation with you, for per se. And um, like, I wonder, I'm trying to understand the difference between callers call, calling into the show mm -hmm. versus you raising me up into the platform to be able to speak amongst the sure. group. So I know you. for you, words matter. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the biggest thing for us was that because I, I did write for President Obama, I saw how important speech was, every word that he said was, but I also saw that, you know, he was unique in that he had the microphone and not everybody has a microphone. So when you sign up with Needle, uh, four letters, N-E-D-L, 
um, and we're available on Android as well. Um, but when you sign up with Needle, we give you your own live radio station instantly. And what that means is that um, we give you your own unique URL so that you can share that with anyone, whether they have the app or not, so they can listen to you instantly with a click of a button. Um, and then they can also subscribe to you uh, with by entering their telephone number to get an SMS alert whenever you go live. So this is all without anyone else having the app. And then when you go into the experience and go on air, you're presented with sort of the controls that you would have in a studio and you have the opportunity to take callers uh, by just tapping on the listener button and, and you can take callers. So it, it really gives you the control. So there's, there's no need to say one mic or let's reset because as you're speaking, your words are being transcribed and, uh, and every word that you're saying is, is now be, uh, becoming searchable so people can discover you just by the words that you're saying out of your mouth. So I want to talk about the tech behind this in, in a minute, but uh, you know, let's first start with you. You developed the first iHeartRadio app, right? And yeah. you former speechwriter. And what part of what happened that you said this this idea? Number one, what happened that you had the idea? And then number two, like what happened that you said the time is right for this idea years ago? Oh, you mean for iHeart or for for for, 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 what, for needle for needle? Yeah. Um, well. Um, yeah, uh, so so just with the iHeart piece, you know, it, it was my first startup. We were creating thumb radio so that every radio station on the planet would be on your cell phone because I'm from DC and I miss go-go music here in LA. And um, and uh, I learned so much about what not to do and, and how to participate next time when something gets that big. Um, but, um, but, but in this case, we were really kind of realizing that so many people were asking us with our previous, because this is my third startup, with our previous startup, they're saying, how do we start our own radio station? I, and for too long, I did like what a lot of um, startup founders do is you, you have so much of your own vision that you just kind of block out these other things. And then I started to listen, wait, what if we did give them their own radio station and you incorporated search? Well, wouldn't that even the playing field and the idea being that if um, if Fat Joe says something, everybody knows Fat Joe and they're going to listen to Fat Joe. But if he's talking about um, coronavirus and, you know, Will's talking about coronavirus or Allende's talking about coronavirus, well, that actually in search, if you if you take those words, it actually puts all of those words on the same playing field instantly. So the real time search of it is actually what levels the playing field. And, and that was what was meaningful to me because in Barack Obama's last uh, speech, and by the way, he told me once, you know, never ever drop uh, a name. And I, you know, I, I take that, <laughs> I take that very seriously. Um, that was, that was a joke. Um, but in his last speech, <laughs> in his last speech, he said the biggest um, threats to democracy are, um, are actually uh, one of the biggest threats is fragmented media. And the idea that we can all come together and listen to the same thing at the same time ha happens to cure that because now we have things, more things in common. And so I really wanted to bring that to the world. So if I understand just by the description you gave, as you and I talk about specific words, you're kind of doing like what a Google does. You're like you're saying, okay, this word is being referenced around all these conversations. There's something happening with yeah. this word coronavirus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, that now you're getting into, so you're, you're going further. You're talking about the deep tech that we're going to be doing next. But, and, and, okay, and, let, me, let me back up. <laughs> let me 
And, and, and right now, you know, we, we found a needle to democratize access to information and the microphone itself. And I couldn't have scripted this any better, but on election day, November 3rd, 2020, we were granted our patent for real-time keyword search of live audio. And that enables content moderation on the fly. So, you know, all that hate speech that you've been hearing about on these social media apps that in these audio social media apps that nobody has a solution for, we have a solution for that. It's baked into our product. Uh, it enables real-time monetization of your words because we're, we're, we're about sharing revenue. Like we don't get, you didn't get to where you are. I see the pictures behind you. You didn't get to where you are by yourself. And we're not going to be hogging all of the revenue for ourselves. We want our, yeah. our users and our voices to participate uh, in the revenue. So I wonder, you know, when you first come up with an idea like this, and I don't know if you're an engineer now, are you an engineer? I like to say I write code even if I don't commit it to GitHub. <laughs> I love it, I love it. But the, but the tech that you're building is deep tech, it's real technology. Yeah. So when you when you first have an idea like this, what is the process like to finding that partner, those that team to help you get this idea into the real world when they can go work on a million other things? Like how do you get that team to come alongside you when you may not have you know that first round raise to be able to pay these folks? How do you get people to believe in that? Vision? That's a really great question, and I think it actually po points to why there's so many huge ideas coming out of the black community because number one you got to sell the sexy right so you have this idea and you're competing with these big companies who can pay them more so how do you so it has to be a very big idea and because african-american black and brown uh, startup founders don't necessarily have the same resources as others it probably tends to push us to bigger ideas which is the irony of the whole thing right so um, so, so that's what happened with us. We, I, I knew that we had a big enough idea that we could potentially get a big chunk of evolution, evolution, the evolution of radio in that $44.1 billion global ad market. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue with its powerful, DC turbo engine? Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So I, I, just for everybody watching on Facebook and lunch table, um, if you do have questions or comments that you want us to get to, please feel free to put them in the chat. We do have producers watching. Um, if you want to talk to my man, Ayende, and you've got questions about what he's building, I, I would love to be able to field those for him. So uh, I want to talk about, you know, taking the, from from an idea to um, being able to get in front of judges, getting in front of pitch competitions, getting in front of, you know, investors. What was that process like for you? And where did you find the most success? And how much of it did you have to bootstrap, if at all, before you actually got to income? Yeah, we started with, we thank you. We started with zero with Needle. Um, and I, I often talk to founders about what's the first thing you should do. First thing you should do when you start a new company is see if you can make that first thousand dollars. And that's what we did. We made our first actually two thousand nine dollars um, by selling transcriptions to radio stations so that they could monitor um, commercial ads. Um, since then, and, and, and then we won a pitch competition at Sip and Sonder, which is lo local in, uh, in LA that's cultivating black businesses. And um, we, uh, and now we just got into Google Voice um, AI, uh, which is going to start, which is an accelerator that it picked uh, 12 companies. Uh, and by the way, not, not, not all BIPOC, which we're, you know, which is something that we're excited about as well. Uh, and, um, and we're also going to be in the NYU uh, New Media Hyper Accelerator that starts next week. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's about like taking those baby steps, figuring out how to deliver value very quickly so that you can um, deliver a, a product that sells and then expanding, you know, from that point. When you win a patent like the one you did to where, you know, a very valuable patent, what is the thinking as a founder, as an innovator that says, you know what, I'm going to go build on top of this versus white labeling it to the Twitters, the, the others of the world, and they have just have them pay me instead of going on this long and arduous road of trying to build a company around the technology versus giving it away, selling it, I should say. Yeah, no. So it's a great question because it seems with, with us, so many people have come to us and said, just white label this thing. You know, who cares? Just white label this thing. And I, I'm a little bit taken aback by that because I think it's really important for us to own. Now, you know, we're, you know, going out there raising money just like everybody else. And if we can raise the capital that we need to, to compete, I, that's what we want to do. Like, that's the business. Like, because, okay, a buddy of mine from DC called me last night and he, he said, look, I don't do this kind of thing, but you know, I really, 
I really want to support you. And I also have to think about things um, differently now in, in this new economy. And he's in the arts. And he was like, you know, what can I do to support you? And what can I do to, to make money right now? And I said, look, go on needle. And we have hay that, that people tip each other. So start to build your audience and people will tip you hay. And people are making money on our platform right now from receiving hay, which is, um, which is a currency on our platform that you can cash out for every one hay you get, you get $1. So, you know, it's about like servicing people and helping our community, but also about my daughter who gets to look up and see, oh, wow, my dad owned a media company. So it's possible for me to do that too. I love I love that you took this in that direction because I think a lot about, you know, how we kind of go in on people who exited and sold to the big brand or, you know, um, don't own their technology. And at some point, how do we get the next Google? How do we get the next Facebook? How do we get the next, you know, News Corp if we don't, you know, commit to, to building the thing ourselves instead of white labeling the culture? So is, is it important to you that, you know, yes, there are short-term wins you can take, but they don't get you to the ultimate goal, which is ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, like, look, everybody has their own certain situations. So I wouldn't say anything negative about someone who does that. But I, I think it's interesting that we get asked to hand these things off as opposed to owning them. And it, it, it comes down to the algorithm, right? When you go to these social media apps, all of these social media apps um, that I know of, except for Needle, they're using algorithms that, that control what you see and what you say and to whom you say it. You know, we're trying to change that with our technology and with how we're, we're using our own um, builds and our own algorithms. You know, I've kind of alluded this, uh, alluded to this question when I mentioned, you know, like the year 2040, when we become the, like that, a, a more dominant player how big can a platform essentially built around the black voice how big can it get like so if i talk to you about you know this is built by black people maybe not specifically for black people but it's built by black people it, it leans into the black voice how big can that get really how big can it get right in there? <laughs> uh, i think it's it can be as big as the nba it can be as big as um, movies and technology. I mean, um, there really isn't, we're, we're building, um, you know, no one says, no one says how big can Clubhouse get, even though 90% of the people that built it are African-American, um, black and brown. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I hope that people don't say, oh, you know, needles just for black people and then start to make that as a way to limit us. Um, you know, not at all, you know, we, we're built for everyone. We're starting off with the 90% of African-Americans who are coming over from Clubhouse and saying, oh, I didn't even know this existed. Um, we almost passed over you the same way that investors passed over you. But now that we know, we're supporting it. We've got Shantavia and we've got like these uh, Jasiri and, and uh, Marriage for God, and, uh, Marriage of God. So, so many like really hardcore users that use our, our, our platform and are committed to us through the bugs, through all this stuff, just yeah. because they know it's important to stand by African-American founders. And we're so proud of that. How do you lean into, to, to that point of, you know, there are, I had this conversation last week um, when we were doing our uh, Black History Month virtual summit. And I was talking to some 
operators who run black owned businesses and we're talking about customer service, right? And specifically talking about how black owned companies get more um, hate or backlash when something fails in the system by our own people and they won't come back because all oh, you know is fun by black people of course is going to be you yeah. know raggedy or duct tape bubble gum how do you take people along the journey of building a company when they do realize the bugs i think on the realize on twitter goes down facebook goes down google goes down zoom so how goes do you down take them along? <laughs> zoom goes down like how do you take them along the journey what is the storytelling like in your mind that's important to keep people engaged as they're building this with you Thank you. You know, I, I, we've been learning a lot actually from our users, right? They came over from Clubhouse and they were so patient with Clubhouse and they brought actually that patience over to Needle, which has been really refreshing. And so, you know, for, for, for actually the patience level is really on my side because it's like, all right, I know what this can be when we have the fodder and the gas in the car to do this thing properly. So it's really kind of been patience on my side and, and continue to encourage them in different ways and finding ways to, to highlight them and finding ways to give back to them and finding ways to make sure that they felt feel heard and understand that there is a brighter horizon, like the next build is coming and it is getting better every day. Because you're indexing, and I use that word loosely, because you, you are learning about which types of conversations um, are proliferating on your platform. What what have you noticed about the, the types of people who have been flocking over to Needle? What kind of conversations are we having that give you a lot of hope about, you know, this is the kind of places where you come to talk about this sort of thing? And, and I'm seeing pe my people innovate on these sorts of conversations. Is it technology? Is it social issues? Like, what are we talking about on Needle, typically, in, in, great, in the greatest number? Yeah, I think in the greatest number, it's social justice. People are talking about social justice and what better place to talk about social justice and, and things that affect African-American BIPOC than a place that is founded by an African-American and, and, and a people of color team. So, uh, so that's what's happening. And I feel like the conversations are very genuine as a result of that. Um, but I, you know, what I'm really excited about as well is like, is seeing that like, um, clergy are starting to come over and, and do sermons and do Bible study. Uh, I'm excited that journalists are starting to check out Needle um, because they can have a voice and, um, and, uh, and we're, even gonna, we're even giving them a badge so that we know who's a journalist and who's reporting on top stories. Um, and I'm excited about, like I said, Joe, um, Joey, <laughs> Joey Crack, Pat Joe coming on and he's bringing his Instagram audience over to Needle. Needle so. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. I love it. I want to end talking about, and then I'm gonna give you the opportunity to talk about, you know, how people learn more about this and download it and the whole thing. But I want to start my close with this. So this whole issue around like monetization, you know, made finding ways to give creators, you know, a part of the reward, right? Of, yeah. of the things that they create. You know, and talk, I had this conversation with Isaac Hayes, who's doing fan base. Um mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, yeah. And you know, finding ways in, in his way is kind of more like an Instagram-ish type of thing. But mm -hmm. you know, you can have subscribers. Instagram slash um, what's the subscription app? Uh, a fan. Um, um, yeah, that one. That, the yes. one that you don't want your kids on. Yes. Yes. Only fans. Yes. Only fans. <laughs> yes. A new economy. But his is a version of that, right? Mm -hmm. And 
I wonder how is is needle first of all is it subscription based do i have to subscribe to be able to listen to iron day number one or is it just me i want to support the work that you're doing and so let me contribute to that in a patreon sure. sort of way sure yeah so so it's, it's i hope your viewers know that uh, we were saying this uh, for a long time um, before others were saying this but what we do is we give you hay and there's three ways that you can you can you can generate hay as a voice well, you can have hay from comments, from tips, and from tickets, right? And so comments are, if you get over 25 people, um, it, I don't mind telling people now because it's, it's like we're about to pr um, push this out next week, uh, in the next week or so. But um, if you get over 25 people in a room, then comments start to cost hay. So, so your, your listeners are incentivized not to troll you because it costs hay to, to, to say something, they can still comment, right? Um, I mean, they can still call in and that's free, um, but they also are incentivized to come early to the broadcast so that they can talk to you for free. And then of course, uh, tips, and then of course, uh, which is self-explanatory, but, but also um, through ticketed events. So you can have a closed event. Um, for example, Roxy Diaz, she um, teaches about broadcasting. So she can charge 15 hay, 100 hay, whatever it, she wants to charge so that people can come into her live broadcast and listen. So there's multiple ways for you to earn hay. We know that the most important thing to do is to make sure that our voices are compensated. And we knew that uh, when we built this product you know, from the beginning. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech, the Black Effect Podcast Network, and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan Devon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Carl Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. The video version of this episode will drop the Black Tech Green Money on YouTube next week, so tap in. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.